So guys, we're in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in verse 26, and we're going to read down through 38. Again, a very familiar story for you. It, it says, in, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Friends, this is a big deal. This thing, this event right here is a big... This, this is a huge event in the history of, of mankind, friends. The, the Messiah... Is, is finally coming, right? The, the long-awaited uh, Savior is going to be here in a matter of months. There's not much more waiting left. Uh, God, and, and, and I just want you to see that God is, is doing this in such an unexpected way by showing up to a young virgin and saying, oh, by the way, you should be expecting. Nine months, you're going to have a baby boy, and oh, oh yeah, uh, don't, don't leave this part out, and he's going to be God's son, Right? I mean, the, the Lord of, of heaven and earth, like, going to be in, inside of you. His Father is going to be God in, himself. And, and, guys, that's a lot to take in, right? I mean, that's a lot to take in for anybody, especially a, a, a young woman. And, and so God's messenger, the angel Gabriel, it seems like he kind of picks up on, on the fact that uh, this is a little overwhelming for young Mary. He seems to sense her fear and, and her concerns and... Uh, so, so he, he tries to calm her with the story of her cousin Elizabeth. He, he says, now listen, Elizabeth is pregnant uh, now at a very old age. And then he shares with her one of the great truths found in all of Scripture. For nothing is impossible with God. And guys, as we talk about who God is, as we talk about his attributes, I think one of the ones that's really important for us to cover uh, is, is this one. Uh, God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. God is able. He possesses the power to do exactly what Gabriel was saying. And, and that, that's our attribute today. The theological term is omnipotent. I'd like to say omnipotent just to mess with my wife. Uh, the theological term is omnipotent, but that is the heart of what Gabriel is communicating to Mary as he describes the Lord's coming advent. He says, listen, 
Don't be afraid. Nothing is impossible with God. God is all-powerful. And just like the rest of his attributes, uh, this isn't just in one scripture that we find this truth. We find it all the way throughout the Bible. Listen to what the psalmist boasts about God's creation. Psalm 33, 6. He says, by the word of the Lord, just by his word, just by the word of the Lord. Remember, he spoke everything. that By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Wow. That's why we sing songs like, breathe on me. I mean, if the breath of his mouth can hang all the stars in their place, yes, Lord, breathe on me, right? I love what God uh, reveals of his own power to Job. Remember when Job kind of talks back a little bit, Job 38, 4 through 12. He says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimension? Surely you know. Who, who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. He says, who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I, when I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? It's just, it's so poetic. It's so gorgeous, so beautiful. And it just oozes of this truth. God is all powerful. God's omnipotent. Nothing is impossible with God. It's a story, uh, it's a lesson that Abraham learned firsthand. Do you remember that? God sends uh, an angel. And the Lord to Abram and says, hey, it's happening. It's finally here. You're going to have a son, right? Remember his wife laughs. <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, buddy, you must not know what's going on. There's nothing going on. The Lord says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Jeremiah learned that lesson too. Listen to what he says. He says, Oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Just by your power. Ah, your outstretched arm. And he says, Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing's impossible for you, God. Of course, the Apostle Paul find it in the New Testament too. He, he knew this lesson. I, I love his prayer in Ephesians 3.20. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God is all-powerful. God is able. So the question is, as we, 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 we kind of wrap our minds around this truth, this, this Advent season is what does God's power mean for us, right? What is God's power? The fact that he's omnipotent, the fact that he is all-powerful, what does that mean for us today? So I, I want to share some of those uh, truths for you. And we're going to do it again. Uh, we try to stick to our text uh, here out of, out of Luke chapter 1. The first thing I want you to see this morning is that God's uh, omnipotence means that he is able to answer our prayers, even the ones we gave up on long ago. God is able to answer our prayers, even the ones we gave up on long ago. Look at verse 
36 and 37. Angel of the Lord says, even Elizabeth, your relative, it's your cousin, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And, and I love what Luke does here because he ties these two stories um, together in such a beautiful way. How, how does the angel of the Lord calm Mary's fears, right? I mean, because Gabriel has just kind of freaked her out, right? I mean, hey, young woman. Oh, by the way, God's found favor with you. So you're going to become pregnant, uh, but not in a physical sense uh, like you're thinking. Like, like God's just going to overshadow you and you're going to have his child. You know, God's child, the maker of heaven and earth, child. The, the Messiah is going to come through you. The long-awaited Savior, through you. The one that told the stars where they could stop. Yep, through you. That, that's going to happen. And she gets a little free. So how on earth does, does the angel calm her fears? Well, by telling her that her cousin Elizabeth is, is, is pregnant in her old age. And then by teaching her this truth. Nothing is impossible with God. God's all-powerful. See, for Luke, God's omnipotence, his, his all-powerfulness, I made that up. I don't know that that's a real word, but I like it. His all-powerfulness, his ability to do this thing in Mary, this virgin birth in Mary. For Luke, that is backed up by what he has already done with Elizabeth. You see that? that that's Luke's proof. <laughs> He's, he's, going, he's going, listen, the angel didn't mention that just like, like happenstance. He's, the angel mentioned it as proof to Mary that she can trust what God is saying he's going to do in her right now with a virgin birth. So that, that's important to Luke. That's proof. He's all about proof. So let's look together at, at what the angel of the Lord um, said to uh, Elizabeth and said to Zechariah um, back in, I'm in, I'm in chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 5 to verse 13. Uh, Let's see what happens when he has a visit with them. It says, uh, I'm in verse 5, In in the time Herod king of uh, Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God, and he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Hmm. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. Okay, Uh, now, I want you to notice carefully what the angel of the Lord says to Zechariah in verse 13. Your prayers have been heard. Now, how did Luke introduce us to this couple? Verse 6 and 7. He, both of them are upright, okay? He, they're upright. They're, uh, they have no children. He says, Elizabeth is barren, and they are well along in years. So we're going to sum it up. It's an old godly couple with no kids, okay? 
That, that's how they're introduced. This is an old godly couple with no kids because, because she's barren. And the angel of the Lord shows up and he says, listen, you're going to have a son and you're going to name him John and he's going to be great and he's going to prepare the way for the Lord. And, and, and then he says, all of this is happening because God has heard your prayers. Now, scholars believe at this point Elizabeth is in her upper 80s. Let me ask you this. Do you think in her upper 80s she's still praying to give physical birth? Do you think in her upper 80s she's still praying that prayer? Oh, Lord, I want to I get pregnant. Come on, Lord. Give Zechariah one more. I mean, like it's not happening, right? I mean, at this point in her life, that prayer, that, that prayer shut down when her body shut down, right? I mean, when the hot flashes came, that prayer was no longer being lifted up. I want you to say, this is important. I think, it's, I think it's big. I believe that is the point that Luke is making. God is so powerful. He's, he's so powerful that not only can he answer prayers, but he can answer prayers that you gave up on. He can answer prayers about dreams that you used to have in, in a former period of life that you figured there was no chance that you could ever have anymore. God is big enough to do that. Amen. That's huge. That changes things. Or at least it should. At least it should. I think that's the first thing that God's omnipotence means for us. So not only is he big enough to answer prayers, but he is big enough to answer prayers that we have given up on. Second thing I want you to see out of our text. Another biggie. God's omnipotence means that he is able to save and create new life. God's omnipotence means that he is able to save and create new life. I'm in verse 31. And I'll read through 32. He says, you will be with child and you'll give birth to a son. And you're going to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. I don't want you to miss the truth that's right here before us in this pattern. We do that sometimes. We kind of read it and like, we're like, oh, I don't know what that's about. You're like, see the truth. Like Gabriel is, is proclaiming that, that God has the power, that he is able to create a new life inside of Mary. That, that's the heart of the text, right? Gabriel's like, God has the power and he's going to. He's going he's gonna to create a, a new life in, in you, right? A God-man is going to be formed inside of you and this God-man is going to be called Jesus because get this he's going to be the son of God he's going to be the son of of the most high and he's coming to establish the kingdom of of God a a kingdom that is is never going to end and and get this he he the one that is being formed inside of you the new life being created in you he is going to be salvation for that is his name since you're going to give him the name Jesus it means Jehovah it means God is salvation that's, do you know that's the name of Jesus, his salvation? Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Like when we sing about Jesus, I think that should probably, I mean, I, mean, I know we have images of the cross and nail-scarred hands and all that's, that's pretty. Just don't forget when every time you say the name Jesus, salvation. God is our salvation. We are not, we cannot, can't come close. 
Jesus is what it took. That's what the name Jesus means. I want you to see the beauty here. Through this one new life that God creates in Mary, the God-man Jesus, through this one new life that God creates in Mary, through, through Jesus, salvation and new life will be available to all who believe. This is basically the message of Romans chapter 5. Right? Just as sin and death entered the world through one man, Adam, so salvation, new life, right? Sanctification, justification would be the terms that Paul is going to use. So, so new life entered the world through one man. His name is Jesus. And that's what God's omnipotence means. It means that he is able to save. You know, if we were going to sing it, we'd sing that he was mighty to save. He's able to save. He's able to bring new life because, as we've already studied, he is life. He is life. He is light. Okay? Number three. This morning, I want you to see that God's omnipotence means that we possess more power than we think. God's omnipotence means that we possess more power uh, than we think. I, I want you, we're going to use our imaginations a little bit. I know we're in church and that freaks some people out. How, how many people, let's be honest, you struggle with imagination? That stopped when you were like, I don't know, 16, 17. Anybody struggle with imagination ever? Right? Come on, be honest. Like you, you tell, who has, who has like a, a child or a grandchild? Who has, anybody grandchildren in this service? Okay. So when you ask them to make something, they go about it in a way that makes no sense to you anymore, right? I mean, you're like, you're like, make a plane, and they just start drawing triangles, and it's like a plane. They're making a plane, they're just drawing it, and you're thinking, you're supposed to fold the paper in half, and then you do, it's because you've lost your imagination, all right? They made a plane, it's already flying on the paper, they've got it all figured out, it's going to fairyland, it's going to pick up Princess Pony and everybody else, and it's going to fly them back to, like, it's already, they've got it, and you're trying to fold the piece of paper, You lost your imagination. So I want you to imagine with me. It's going to take a little bit of work this morning. But I want you to imagine with me how Mary must have felt while carrying Jesus in her womb. The maker of heaven and earth. The very reason for her existence. The one through whom and for whom Everything was made, and the one that holds it all together, according to Colossians, right, is living inside of her body. Can, can you fathom? I, I, mean, I mean, can you imagine the power that she possessed inside of her body for nine months is astounding. Right? I mean, it, it, is, it is so hard to wrap your, your mind around. It is phenomenal. It's powerful and it's good news. The power that she possesses inside of her is good news to all that would believe. It's salvation to all mankind. Living inside of her is the power of life. Living inside of her. Just, just, just try to fathom that with me. And and yet, this is what I want you to see. She is just a foreshadowing of what happens in us. For all that believe in Jesus, he, the maker of heaven and earth, who possesses all power, through whom all things are made, for whom all things are made, the one that holds all things together, now lives inside of you and me. 
That's the truth of the scripture. When, when you, it's easy to fathom it with Mary. I'm thinking this young woman. I'm like, oh my gosh, the Messiah is living in her. And you see the bump get bigger and bigger. And she's like, do we really have to go all the way back? Well, the census is terrible. She, you know, everybody's like, no, no. Mary never complained. And Jesus, I mean, he was in the manger. He didn't even make a sound yet, right? I think it'd be awesome if Jesus didn't sleep for three years, you know, because then I can identify, right? Like, yeah, I had a baby like that. Yeah, yeah, still. Joseph, I got you, brother. I know what that's like. Oh. I, want you to, I want you to, Mary represents a foreshadowing of the good news for those that believe in Jesus. For just as God dwelled in her, so God will dwell in us. I want you to listen very carefully to this prayer of Paul, Ephesians 3.20. We've already read it once, but just carefully this time. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that, get this last part, that is at work. Where is it at work? Wait, hold on. The power of God... That, that as, as God revealed about himself, told the sea it could only come this far. The power of God that called the stars out into place, that set all things into creation, that power of God is working where? In the atmosphere? In the trees? Right? In the cows? In the grass? That very power of God is living and working inside of us. That's crazy. That, that's astounding. That's astounding. So I want to um, boggle your mind this morning if I can. Just, just, I'm going I'm to belabor this point a little bit. I just think it's amazing. Uh, I like science. Anybody like science? Okay. <laughs> Denise is like, nope. Give me some e- English. English? Okay. All right. All right. Well, this will have bad English, but it's very scientific. Um, Colossians 1.17 says, In him all things are held together. So again, I want you to think about all that that entails, that Jesus is holding all these things together. So um, scientists uh, have proven, you know, our, our earth, as we rotate around the sun, we're on an axis, right? That's not hidden. We're not like this. We're on an axis at 23 degrees. Did you guys know that? Do you know that if we were at 24 or 25 or 21 or 22, that we would um, either absorb or, or, that, or that we would reflect too much of the sun's energy and we would either burn up or freeze? We were too many degrees the majority of the time that we spent. It's crazy. While we're on that axis, we're rotating around the sun. While we're rotating around the sun, we're spinning at about 1,000 miles per hour. If we were going any faster, day wouldn't be long enough. Everything would freeze. If we are going any slower, everything would burn up and life wouldn't exist. Right, as as we're on a twenty three degree uh, axis, we're spinning at a thousand miles an hour as we go around the sun. Uh, the Earth also has this really weird thing, and it does it on a, on like a on a schedule. It's crazy. It wobbles up to three degrees on that axis. Causes our seasons. Do you guys know that? It's the wobbling of the axis that causes. Our, our seasons, the scientists have, have shown that the depth of the ocean and the depth of the Earth's crust somehow, amazingly, are just about right. 
And if the earth's crust was any thicker or any thinner, and if the oceans were, were, were any higher or any lower, that life would not be able to sustain the way that it, it does. That uh, Science has shown that, that somehow, just miraculously, that the earth happens to be the perfect distance, just about right, from the sun and from the moon. Just, just about right. And that if it were any closer, any further away to either of those, again, there'd be no, no life. Or, or the fact that, you know, um, the, 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 the trees and, and plants happen to take in all the, the carbon dioxide that we exhale and they put out all the stuff that we need, you know, a.k.a. oxygen. And, and, and that says nothing about all the other aspects of creation. And the point I'm making to you guys is that all of that, our existence, our very breath, the air that we breathe, the world that we live in, it's all held together in that, that, that divine complexity by one person, and his name is Jesus. And that one person, that God named Jesus, lives inside of us. Whoa! I don't know about you, but i got to step up my prayer life. You know what I'm saying? He holds all that together, and I'm worried about paying the light bill. Come on! Come on. I don't ever want to hear a believer, nor do I ever want to be that believer that ever again says, I can't. (sighs) Ever again. I believe that's why Paul writes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I think he finally figured it out. This is who lives in me. I can do all things. I can do all things. So let me give you some application, and, uh, and we'll be done. I just think this is such uh, good news for us, that God is all-powerful, um, and uh, that he's living inside of us. I, I do want to say this to you. Sometimes It's easy for somebody. I don't think you guys will in this service, uh, but every once in a while, I'll say this, and, and uh, uh, you know, there'll be some younger folks, and be like, man, God can do anything. I'm going to fly like Superman. Um, and you know, there are some things that... that God, even though he's all-powerful, his, his power has to be consistent with his nature. Uh, it's got to be consistent with his character. It's qualified, I guess is a way to put it, by all of his other attributes. So, for example, while God is all-powerful, God cannot lie. Does that make sense? Like, because he, he cannot, uh, God cannot sin. Um, God can't deny himself. And so uh, we, you have to keep those things in mind when we talk about the fact that he is all-powerful. Um, let me give you some application. Um, first and, and foremost, I, I want to challenge you to, to persevere in prayer, right? Uh, I want to I challenge you to persevere in prayer. God's able to answer our prayers, even, even the ones that we gave up on long ago. And, and I, I just feel like some of us here today, maybe you're here, and you've kind of reached that phase of life. You've just given up on an old dream. You've given up on an old passion. You, you've just decided it's never going to happen. It's, there's no way. And, and I, I just want to tell you, God's big enough. There's a way. Right? Whatever that way is. That's what I love. I love stories of adoption. I love when God opens people's hearts and homes. And you look around and somebody's going, Wait, I just always, you know, we always thought we were going to have a daughter. And it was just like, no way. If we keep trying this, we're going to have 52 sons, you know? It's just never, it's never going to happen. And I've got, there is enough testosterone in my house. Like, I'm going to have to start lifting weight soon, you know? And, and uh, it just, I can't, can't do it. And, and so the Lord, you know, opened our heart and opened our home. And, and, um, and so just had this birthday party for this beautiful uh, little girl. And this beautiful little girl is not just some girl. She's my girl, right? And, um, and God has that power to fulfill that desire he puts in your heart even long ago. And, and maybe there's somebody here today. 
I don't know what the dream is, but whatever that dream is, you gave up on it. You stopped believing it could happen. Um, you know, it, it, not necessarily your womb is shut down, but maybe, 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 maybe the dream, maybe the career, maybe the second thing. And it's just never too late. I would just say to you, um, so, so pers- persevere in, in prayer, right? Persevere, keep, keep swinging. That's what I'd say. Just keep swinging. And, and, and maybe a family member, maybe, you know, some of us, I don't know about you, it just seems like my family is the most difficult on earth. I feel like your family is good. It's mine that's really jacked up. And, um, and so there are just some people, you know, I feel like I, I've, I've prayed for, I've asked God to change them, and then, you know, I get to a point, I'm just like, all right, Lord, they're all yours, you know, like I'm done with my work here. Um, and, and I think God lovingly says, wait a second, I'm not done with you yet. I still want you to be light in their life. I still want you to love them. I still want you to be grace unto them. And, uh, and so I just want to challenge you. Um, keep swinging, persevere in prayer. Uh, second, um, just very simple, and I know that sounds silly, but uh, believe in Jesus, right? That he is able to save and to create new life. Um, that, that is his name, is salvation. And I, I, just, I just wonder, I know most of you are Christians in the 830 service, and I get that, but I know Christians that, find themselves in some places that they still need a rope. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Peter loved Jesus and he sank like a rock. He still needed some saving. Uh, let's not forget, friends, that, that we are prone to wander and we're prone to fail and we're prone to fall. And maybe you're here this morning and there's some area of your life that is not pleasing unto God and you don't know how to get rid of it right now. And, and I just want to tell you, like, Jesus is powerful enough to create new life in you very, right, right now today to create new life in you. And maybe that's just a bad attitude towards others. Uh, maybe it, it's some kind of sin uh, that you've been struggling with. I'm, I'm telling you right now that God has the power to create new life in you. You just have to call out to him. You just have to call out to him, okay? And, and lastly, uh, I just challenge you here with this. I think it's important that we pray bigger prayers and try bigger things. Try bigger things, okay? Uh, Listen, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I see Ed. How many mountains have you? How many summits have you hit around here? I mean, it's a lot. Uh, he's hit a lot of summits, right? And and I, I always look at Ed, and I, I'm going like, golly, man. Um, and you know, I then I complain about my achy joints when it gets cold. You know, uh, I I've really been, you know, kids getting older. You guys, a lot of you've already been through this. So the twelve year old. It's like he already has all the answers in life, uh, which he doesn't, which is scary, right? You know, and that's going to happen at 15 and 16 and 18. I got it. 22, you know, it's all from here on out. It, it's all that way. But, but here's the deal that I've really been trying to guard myself against. Um, I want my kids to try things that they're going to fail at. My, I, I've got, and, and it's him. He's the one. The other two will try almost anything. He's the one that, that tends to shut down when stuff doesn't go well. And so I'm really encouraging to, it's okay to fail. Um, I'm even trying to share some of my failures with him, which is really uh, eye-opening as a parent. That's fun. But do you know why? Because I want to raise kids that swing for the fences, right? Guys, listen, you can make it through life and just be that guy that all you ever hit was doubles. I guess that's okay, right? But every once in a while, wouldn't it be nice to knock one over the green monster, right? I mean, just, just once to have the walk off and to go, yep, there you go. Look at what God did. Bam. Swung for the fences. Look what he did. Pray bigger prayers. 
don't just pray for doubles, right? Pray for a walk-off homer every once in a while and just see what the Lord might do in his mercy and his grace. All right, would you guys pray with me this morning? God, you're good and your mercy uh, endures forever. (laughs) And uh, Lord, we want to be those people that believe you in such a way that um, we're willing to fall completely on our face (laughs) and to say, you know what? I'd rather swing real hard. God, would you help us to swing hard um, in our own lives? Father, with our dreams, with our hopes, maybe that's a hope for healing. Maybe that's a hope for uh, being a, a better spouse. Maybe that's a hope for being a better parent. Maybe that's a hope for a new venture. God, I pray that you'd give us that desire and that ability to just swing for the fences. God, maybe um, we've got to swing for the fences in some lives of our friends. <laughs> Lord, there's some families in this church that are struggling. And, and um, sometimes the world just tells us there's nothing that you can do. It's just going to happen. They're going to make that decision. Uh, no, I know a God that can break through the hardest of hearts that there is. I know a God that can take hearts of stone and to make them hearts of flesh that beat for him again. And so, God, I want to pray today for marriages that are on the rocks. I want to pray for, for spouses that have left their families. I want to, I want to pray for people that have already filed uh, paperwork. Lord, I want to pray for that today, God. I want to pray for that. Father, and Lord, today, I want to pray specifically for a mountain called cancer. Today, Lord, I want to pray for a mountain called cancer. And and today, God, we just because we, we don't have, we're not asking. Lord, I want to ask today... We've got several people in our church that are struggling right now today. And Lord, I just pray today for the lives of my brothers and sisters that you would say to this terrible thing, go jump in a lake. Please, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. Lord, I would rather go down swinging than with a bat on my shoulders. And so today, Lord, I swing. And I say, would you do that work? And Father, today... I want to swing for this church. Oh, God, that first Baptist church, Elgin, could be a light to an entire city. Lord, that it could be a church with hallways that were filled not just with kids, but with adults that loved one another deeply, that were deeply connected with one another, that deeply cared for one another. But Lord, for it to happen, you're going to have to break us out of our comfort zones and do a mighty work. And so God, we say, please, please, we pray these prayers today, Lord. We love you, Jesus. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. It is in your name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.